Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. Check out our website at newstantonchurch.com where you can find out how to join our live stream at 901 on Sunday mornings. Now let's prepare our hearts for the word that we're about to receive. Well, good morning. It is so good to be back in the pulpit this morning. Uh, We're going to share a giving link for those of you who want to support what God is doing through New Stanton Church. I just want to say thank you again for all your faithfulness in this season. Uh, This morning, I'm going to start what I think is an important series of messages called Culture Shift. As a nation, we are moving away from our biblical roots. Christian values and ways of thinking are less the norm. In fact, the majority of people in our country now feel that Christianity has zero or little relevance to their life. Church attendance was way down long before Corona. Uh, Corona has just accelerated the in-person attendance decline. And the verdict is still out whether that will be permanent or temporary. As Pastor Josh noted a few weeks ago, even a significant portion of those who call themselves Christians today doubt core tenets of the faith like Jesus being God. Many American churches are embracing a form of Christianity that is better described as whatever you think and feel in your heart instead of an orthodox faith or a biblical commitment to the truth contained in this book. And it blows my mind that words like truth and orthodox and biblical are almost dirty words in some Christian circles. Now, contrary to common practice, we can wrestle with how to interpret the truth of this book, but you cannot, I cannot make up your own truth. And all God's people said, Amen. Just so everyone is aware of New Stanton Church's stance on all that, if any of us is reading the Bible and we come across something, we think to ourselves, you know what, I don't agree with that. First, we need to figure out whether we're understanding Scripture correctly. If we are, (laughs) understanding it correctly, because our task is to wrestle with that truth. If we are understanding it correctly, and we still think to ourselves, I'm not sure that I would agree with that, then our job is to bring our thinking and our life in line with God's Word, because it's the truth. If we don't agree with something that God said, he's right and we're wrong, period. But many have drifted from that conviction in our world today. So in this series, I'm going to cover some topics and parts of the Bible that that I think speak to our need to make a culture shift. And let let me give you a visual. When I was running triathlons, the swim was always a challenge for me because I tend to drift 
in open water. I cannot swim a straight line without that black line in the bottom of the pool. Uh, in open water, when you can't see the bottom, I tend to drift in one direction or the other. So knowing that, every once in a while on the swim, when I was breathing, I would come up for air and I would look ahead and get my beer and get my bearing. So when you're swimming, you kind of just breathe side to side. And then every once in a while, when I was swimming, I would look and then get my bearings and adjust accordingly. If I didn't, I would end up way off course. And I, I won't tell you how I uh, figured that out, but I ended up way off course uh, in a practice swim. As a nation, as a church, I think it's time we come up for air, take a breath, and get our bearings. My desire is that each of us would walk away every single Sunday during this series excited about the realignment God wants to do in our hearts and our lives. I don't, I don't want anyone to walk away thinking, you know what, I'm such a failure. I'm doing that wrong. No. no. God's plan, his way, his truth is always so much better. The focus this morning is getting our bearings and embodying God's desire for us to worship him with our whole heart. That phrase comes from Psalm 103, verses 1 through 2, among a host of other places in Scripture. Listen to these words. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. John 4.24 says this. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And Scott, if you would leave that verse up there for a minute, you'll notice that the, the spirit's description is not capitalized. In other words, John is saying that, that our spirit, our passion, and our love needs to be engaged as we worship. Worshiping in spirit with a small s is with feeling and emotion. So it's okay. It, it, it's okay if you move a little bit as you worship. And, it, and it's okay if the hair stands up on the back of your neck. And, and you can lift your hands and clap and kneel before God if you feel so moved. It's okay if something wells up in your soul. Go ahead and shed a tear. Get overwhelmed by the joy of the Lord. We absolutely can feel gratitude and appreciation for what Jesus has done and is doing for us as we worship him in spirit. But it's also okay if you're just silent and awestruck before him. It's okay if you're in the be still and know that I am God mode. Because those are powerful emotions too. How we feel is normally what we think of 
when we talk about worshiping God with, with our heart. But the biblical concept of heart was a little bit different. It also was the place in, in the biblical mindset. The heart was also the place where decisions of the will were made. It was where you found the grit to stick with something no matter what. It, all your emotions, all the decisions of your will should be on the table when you're worshiping God. Worshiping in truth, the second half, worship God in spirit and truth, is informed by who God really is and what he has really done throughout time. Our worship must be rooted in the realities of who God revealed himself to be in this book. If we worship God for some attribute, some quality that isn't consistent with this word, our worship literally becomes idolatry. We would literally be crafting a God in an image that we find pleasing and worshiping it. It because it's not him. It might as well be the golden calf or a pole from a tree. True worship is both in spirit and in truth. The church in America as a whole has drifted. But let's be honest. All of us, we all need to come up for air occasionally and get our bearings. I want to turn to Matthew 15 this morning because Jesus calls the Pharisees out for the way that they have drifted from the true heart of worship. Let's look at Matthew 15, 1 through 9 together. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares what might have been used to help their father and mother is, quote unquote, devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. What Jesus is saying to the Pharisees is you've drifted from God. You've drifted from the heart of worship, and it's only benefiting you. The Pharisees set up worship practices that were merely human rules that benefited them financially at the expense of a clear command of God to honor your father and mother. It violated the truth and the spirit of the heart of worship. Their man-made rules were empty and shallow, and they were just going through the motions. The ceremonial washing that they originally questioned Jesus about was a man made over and above what God commanded in his word. 
It was a practice, again, that was empty and void of any spirit and truth worship. Jesus says, you're just paying me lip service with this stuff, and it doesn't please God. I would argue that, that we need to search the word and examine our hearts and look at the way that we live our lives And we need to come up for a breath of air to get our bearings every so often so that we don't slip into the same habits of empty and shallow worship, just going through the motions, especially if it's just some man-made rule. Now, now is a really good time to adjust course so that we are worshiping God in spirit and in truth with our whole heart because now is always better than one day, someday, or another day. Amen? Amen. We need to get back on target if we've drifted so that we're not just going through the motions contradicting the truth by the way that we live. So I want to talk a little bit about worshiping in spirit. And first, I want to talk about when music is involved, because that's what most people think of when we think about worship. And here's a question. Which is more holy? Traditional music with hymns and four verses, and you normally skip the third one for some reason? Or contemporary music with a band that is loud and rowdy? Which is more reverent, quiet and still, or loud? Which is best? Which does God prefer? I'm going to give you the answer. You ready? The answer is both are 100% pleasing and acceptable to God. Why? How in the world can that be? Because what pleases God is the intent and the condition of your heart. Remember what God's complaint was when he was speaking to the Pharisees through Jesus. Matthew 15, 8. These people honor me with just their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Let me give you another visual. Let's, let's pretend that it's Mother's Day and your kids sit you down in your living room because they have prepared a song just for you. And they join their little voices together and they sing, Mommy, we love you. You're the best mommy in the world. You make the best cookies and give the best hugs. Mommy, we love you. Happy Mother's Day. How many of you moms would look at those little faces and say, that was horrible. There wasn't one instrument in that whole song. And it was a little slow. Like, you need to pick up the tempo a little bit. No mom would do that. Likewise, if those kids sat you down in the living room and they sang the same song with a couple kitchen pans and pots and said, Mommy, we love you. Bang, 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 bang. You're the best mommy in the world. Bang, bang, bang. You make the best cookies and give the best hugs. Bang, 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 bang. Mommy, we love you. Happy Mother's Day. How many of you moms would look at your kids and say, that was horrible. It was too loud. I don't feel loved when pots are involved. 
need to slow the tempo down and make sure I can hear the words better. No mom would do that. No mom would do that. Why? Because any mom I know would be so touched in spirit by the heart of her little ones that the, neither form would even matter. But what about the teenager who dad needs to prompt because they don't know that it's Mother's Day. And he says, Josh, it's Mother's Day. Tell your mom happy Mother's Day. And immediately they get the eye roll thing going, you know, and disgustedly say, yeah, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Every mom I know would say thank you, but would be crying on the inside. Why? Because their heart wasn't in it. God is and has always been after your heart. That's why different styles of music matter nothing to him. We all have preferences, but don't, don't trash on somebody else's song. Amen? And next, I want to make some comments on times when music isn't involved, because there's a lot of life when music isn't involved. Look at Colossians 3, 16 through 17 with me. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom through, and, and just for, for those of us who, who love music and those of you on the praise team, your worship teaches and admonishes. It, it's more than just music, right? So it, teach and admonish one another with wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. That's when music is involved. And whatever you do, that's when music isn't involved. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All of life. Whatever you are doing or saying is an offering of worship to God. Worship isn't a hobby. It's not something we just do on Sunday when music is playing. It's every moment of every day. Some of us need to take a breath and get our bearings and adjust here. Maybe we've been drifting a little and it's time to get back on course all of life is an offering to God. God doesn't just want part of you. He doesn't just desire to change your eternal destination. He wants to transform every moment, every step of every day on your journey to meeting him face to face. Your work, your play, your passions, your values, your relationships. Instead of the word God wants to transform. Think of it this way. God wants to enhance your life. All of it. He wants your life to be an offering of worship that satisfies your soul and brings him glory. Have you ever been in worship, maybe singing a song, maybe listening to a message in a season when life was a little bit maybe 
too much for you. And in that moment for that song, God's presence and his truth showed up. And for that instant, none of it mattered. He, he was enough. You felt a peace. You knew it was going to be okay. Maybe you got a, a verse to hold onto and it became your strength. And in that moment, something in you changed in that moment. I believe that's worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And it doesn't just have to last for one moment. His mercies are new every morning. His presence is available all the time. He promised to never leave you or forsake you. I think all of us need to get a breath, get our bearings, and adjust our course in some way. And then repeat over and over again. Because all of us tend to drift. And instead of communion this morning, I'm just praying that as we sing this next song, for us, it's just one of those in spirit and in truth moments of worship. So even though most of you are at home this morning, just the praise teams in the house, I pray that you just shut out all the distractions for a moment. The praise team's going to come up, and we're going to worship together. And I pray that God would reveal to you just, just one thing in your life that you need to get your bearings on. Maybe it's a relationship that needs to be more God-focused. Maybe it's your spirit or your attitude at work. Maybe you've been drifting into some sin and you, and you know it, you just haven't found the grit, that decision of the will to engage your heart and your mind and your life in the truth. But as we worship, seek God for that one area that God needs to bring an adjustment in. And then pray for the courage to adjust course and to worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's pray together. God, as we come to worship, as we bow down, as we sing, as we honor you and your word, reveal to us that one place, God, that, that first step that you want us to adjust. Because God, even one degree of adjustment can change the course of our life if projected out. Because the longer we stay, God, off course, the farther away from you we get. So bring us back. Bring us back in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you. So visit our website at newstantonchurch.com. Follow the Get Involved tab and RSVP to our next meet and greet.